photographs and memories. A travel market life series sponsored by Atomize. My memory maker today is Simone Porto. Welcome to Photographs and Memories with me, Michael McCartan. Each episode, we invite an industry professional to share three photographs and a treasured souvenir from their travels, representing moments particularly important to them. Join us as we go on a journey through time to explore the significance of each. Check the podcast description to view the images of these treasured memories. Photographs and Memories Simone is a journalist, keynote speaker, published author, lecturer and consultant specializing in travel technology. During his 25-year career, he has been a general manager at a boutique hotel and vice president of global accounts for a French-American web agency. In 2017, he founded Travel Singularity Consulting Firm, where he has advised many hotel groups and travel startups. Photographs and Memories a Travel Market Life series sponsored by Atomize. Simone Porto, welcome to Photographs and Memories. Thank you for having me. So you've shared two photographs of people and places that represent special moments to you, and a third photo of a souvenir from your travels. During the yeah. course of our conversation, you will take us on a journey through time, reflecting on the significance of each photograph. But before we begin, Please tell us how you came to work in the hospitality industry. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, as as many people, I didn't want to. <laughs> so uh, I was uh, I was nineteen at the time, and I was uh, I wanted to be believe it or not, I wanted to be a philosophy teacher. So I was still studying philosophy, and I was uh, and I needed to pay for my studies. And I said, "Look, what is the dumbest work I can get?" And uh, I said, "Let's go, let's go and be a hotel receptionist." And then I realized that it wasn't it wasn't that dumb. It was pretty hard, <laughs> and um, but I but I kind of liked it after a while. So you know, I started I started working, and and became a front office manager. Uh, and then I work I worked a lot in mice. Uh, became general manager for a small uh, chain of boutique hotels in in Italy, and uh, this was around probably. Oh, nine, ten, more or less, and I wanted to 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 help hoteliers mainly with their uh, um, tech and uh, and to to give like a, a better a better level of uh, of consulting. And this is when I opened my own consulting firm, and uh, we're talking now uh, probably uh, twenty seventeen, something like that. So I started. Uh, you know, just uh, adding some level of science fiction to to the consulting. <laughs> and uh, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't, but you know, it was a lot of fun. And um, and after this, especially after COVID, uh, you know, and, and this new need of you know lot labor shortage, uh, need of, of automation, and everybody's talking about automation now. Uh, in the meantime, not to get bored, I wrote four books, uh, and uh, and I started uh, working quite heavily with. Um, uh, different Web3 projects, uh, mainly in Metaverse uh, and NFTs. And yeah, that's pretty much my story. So let's yeah. uh, let's have a look at your first photograph. I'm really fascinated to to hear about uh, this uh, the story behind your love affair with Joy Division and Ian Curtis. 
Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's a very long love story, longer than the one with my wife, actually. Uh, you know, there is always. I'm a music prick. Okay, I, I'm I'm very into music. You can you can you can say I'm a failed musician, uh, and I wanted. You know, I I played in many punk bands when I was uh, when I was very young. I, I think my first punk band I was in I was probably twelve or thirteen. So I always had this great interest in music. And but I don't know. And I always listen to pretty much everything. Uh, but the first time, and I, I do remember that a friend of mine came with a with a VHS tape of it was all black, and there was this just a white on black, on with this very minimal font, and it said uh, uh, Joy Division. And I said, "What is that?" And uh, we watched the concert, and I didn't know what to do with that, you know, because it was like. Uh, uh, Everything was was pretty dark, and you know it was probably fan made, so the sound was horrible. But there was something, you know, looking at this at this amazing performer that that Curtis was was like a like a revelation. So I wanted to know more about that, and and you know this was pre internet, of course, so you had to uh, to go to record shops or uh, you know to to get in touch with friends or or to exchange tapes. Over over the mail, and so I started uh, getting uh, getting getting music from uh, from Joy Division, and I started falling in love with uh, with with the music with with the lyrics, and I started listening a lot to you know what what we call now gothic music, but Joy Division always had something different. You know they 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 were not to me they're still not a a sad band. To a certain extent, you know, it's just. But it's like if you go to Manchester for the first time, you see that that's okay. That's Joy Division. Okay, that's you. You see the the buildings, and you see like everything is so uh, factoryish, and you understand that they really were able to create uh, the sound of a city, and that is always amazing. Amazed me, you know. I think the only the only other musician that was able to do that probably was David Bowie when he was in in Berlin. And uh, and he did something similar. So to cover a long story short, I fell in love with Joy Division. But I'd never been to Manchester, believe it or not. So um, a couple of months ago, uh, I knew that uh, Peter Hook, that was the original bass player for Joy Division and uh, New Order, uh, was uh, was playing, and he was playing uh, all the Joy Division discography. And I said, okay, let's go. The only place I could go to to watch the concert was London. But then my wife said, okay, I want to come too. I said, okay, let's go. And But uh, why don't we stay a little longer? Maybe we meet my brother. You know, the, the brother of my wife lives in Leeds. And uh, so it became a, like a 10-day a vacation. I said, you know what? Okay, let's do it. Let's do it right for once. So let's go and let's, let's go to all the, the, the Joy Division uh, important places. So, of course, I went to Macclesfield. And that was the place where, where Curtis lived and and unfortunately died and uh, and then of course it was manchester you know it was like the, the joy division city and the 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 photograph you're looking at is from uh um a mural made by an artist uh called uh axe and uh, uh this unfortunately is gone now and this is uh, like very recent news just uh, last week and uh, the story is pretty, it's pretty sad because this, 
this mural was painted not only to um, celebrate one of the, the you know the, the, the musicians from from Manchester. This was painted to raise awareness around uh, mental health problems. You know, uh, Curtis uh, killed himself at 23. That is, you know, uh, it's 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 very it's very sad. And um, and this this rapper, I'm not even saying the name because I apologize that I, you know it's, it makes no sense. But this rapper put an advertisement of his new album uh, on top of the original mural. And um, it's still unclear who's responsible. Uh, the artist says he's not responsible. Amazon Music uh, explained that they didn't exactly know what was going on, but still, the mural is gone. And uh, there's no way to restore it, unfortunately. You know, with, with black paint, there's nothing you can do. So the only thing Manchester is doing now is they're, they're trying a new, probably a new spot to uh to spray paint a new uh, mural of Curtis, but to me it was uh, first of all it was it was, it was very beautiful I, I need to tell you that you know it's uh, and i i i've seen photos before going there but seeing it in person was great and and second of all it was pretty sad because it was really advertisement over a very serious issue and you know every day i think look if it was 23, you know, it was naive. And, and maybe if he could just survive a couple of more years and, you know, like New Order became super famous and maybe maybe he would have become famous as well. And, uh, you know, we, I will be listening to new uh, Young Curtis music today. Unfortunately, that's not the case. So that's pretty sad. And that is why I gave, you know, I sent you the image with a, with a, with a name on the JPEG and that is Money Will Tear Us Apart because that's a reference to uh, a very famous Joy Division song that is uh, Love Will Tear Us Apart. But in this case, uh, Money Won, unfortunately. And even though I'm in advertisements, uh, this was very disrespectful. Yeah, very sad. And uh, as you said, mental illness is a huge problem now and hopefully getting more attention and so, you know people with mental illness getting more support than they, they would have done back in, in, in Curtis's day. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's look at your next photograph, which is the complete opposite. And as a yeah. technology guy, yeah, quite an interesting one. Uh, tell me about it. So, uh, you know, another passion of mine is... Uh, is uh, Eastern religions. So, um, you know, and I've, and I've been studying Buddhism for quite a long time, especially Japanese Buddhism. And uh, so, uh, and, I'm, and I'm really into uh, manga as well. Uh, I'm a big uh, Yukio Mishima fan. So I, I love a lot of things about Japan. And on top of that, I'm a toy collector. So if you, if you go to my place, you will find a lot of, you know, uh, Godzilla toys and stuff from the 80s. So to me, going to Japan was like the trip. I said, let's go like uh, you know, a couple of weeks and I will buy like a ton of toys. And um, so the plan was we, we visit toy, toy shops and, uh, and Buddhist temples. That is, you know, strange, <laughs> strange connection. But um, so the best, way, the best way to do it is to go to, to Kyoto. You know, they have some of the most beautiful uh, temples. And uh, one of those... Uh, it's called uh, Kodaji, and I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing it very wrong. But uh, the, the interesting thing about that is, uh, first of all, it's 400 year old temple, so it's it's amazing. And second thing is that the monk 
in the temple is not human, but it's uh, actually a cyborg. It's artificial. It's a it's a project made by a um, it's a collaboration between uh, the Osaka University. The the professor is called again. I could be pronouncing it wrong. Uh, Hiroshi Ishiguro, and uh, and it was created to bring more people to, especially young people, to Buddhism. You know that is losing losing believers uh, year after year. And so if you go there, uh, you will see this uh, this android uh, reciting what is called the the uh, Heart Sutra. And it's a, it's a Buddhist sutra. It's probably the most uh, well-known of the sutras. And, uh, and it's a very bizarre experience because you got this amazing, like, million-dollar machine that is giving you so... is telling you these deep words about, you know, humanity. And... The first thing that I that I thought, even even though I'm a techno enthusiast, as you can tell, and I thought if we do something like that in Europe, this would be like blasphemy, you know. And uh, so I was curious, and at the end there was a few human monks, and I said, "Look, can I ask you something?" And you know, my wife she speaks a little bit of Japanese, so uh, I, I you know it, it was a bizarre conversation, but we did it at the end. I said, "Look." You know, if we do something like that in, in Europe, like in Italy, for example, in Italian, like this will be like, imagine a cyborg pope. <laughs> that would be like total blasphemy. And he gave me this amazing answer. He said, look, we, we, we've been living with robots for so long. And, you know, and they, they have this crazy low uh, natality rate, for example. So for them, it's pretty normal to have robots, for example. Look, if you... If you go to Japan and you need to go to the hospital for whatever reason, chances are that you will find a robot that will take you from one bed to another because they don't have enough young people to do that. And that's been a problem for 25 years. And um, as I said, they said, look, we, we, for us, robots is just part of our culture. And, uh, and he said, look, don't you watch like cartoons? And I started thinking, hmm, yeah, it's right. You know, I, I grew up with... Uh, big robots from the 70s and the 80s. And, um, and on top of that, what you need to understand about the, the Buddhism is that it's a, it's a non-dualistic religion, okay? It's not even a religion, actually. It's, a, it's more a philosophy. It's, there's no God in, in Buddhism. You just follow the, 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 the Buddha's path. And the path can be shown by anybody, you know, in anything. So human machine, a tree, uh, whatever, you know, and, uh, and anything, anyone can reach this uh, enlightenment that is the, the, Buddha, the Buddha nature, you know, that's uh, awakening. Yeah. So to me, it was amazing because you had this at first, and I, I think for us, it was very bizarre. And that started, you know, I got in touch with the temple, I got in touch with the university because I wanted to know more, of course. And, uh, and they told me, uh, more about you know the fact that right now there's no there's no real uh, AI involved. So the only thing the the, the cyborg can do is is recite this uh, sutra. But they're working to add a layer of machine learning, so that at least in the in the main idea of of um, 
of uh, Professor Ishiguro and, and, and the monks, this will become like an a, a immortal, uh, immortal message for Buddhism, okay? That will learn and learn and learn uh, with, uh, you know, by talking to other monks or by talking to people. And to me, that's, uh, that's pretty fascinating. You know, in a way, it's very, very fascinating. Yeah, incredible. And, and I'm sure, you know, just going back to the earlier point we made about um, technology in hotels and how um, technology can free up um, some of the, the tasks that humans are performing now and make the jobs more interesting. It, it's, I mean, the fact that a, a religion or a doctrine has, has sort of adopted technology fully like this uh, really is a is a, a path forward for hotels or a beacon for hotels to to consider i'm sure so uh let's let's have a look at your your souvenir a uh, couple of beer bottles pretty ordinary right <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, i'm a big uh i'm a big uh, lost fan okay i still think to this day that lost was the best uh show ever made ever aired in television especially like the pilot was amazing and in barcelona there was unfortunately closed a few months ago a bar completely dedicated to lost and that is called uh used to be called uh, barma and uh they sold a lot of stuff and i was able to buy a couple of uh i don't know if you can see it in my camera but a couple of barma beers and so if you remember the episode, I don't know, have you ever, first first question, have you ever watched Lost or not? I have never watched it, I have to confess, but I, I, I'm i aware yeah. of it, uh, but yeah, in, inform me. <laughs> yeah, okay, so the first thing you need to watch Lost, and then we can talk again. We can be friends again after that. Uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, on my list. <laughs> yeah, but, so, long story short, you know, this, this, this the, the plane crashes on an island, and there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. That's lost in a nutshell, okay? Six seasons of Lost can be <laughs> uh, in that. But, uh, but, you know, these guys, they had no food. They had nothing. And, uh, and at some point, you got this, like, macho um, character and he open like, box. And inside this box, there's a lot of, of beer from this organization that was called the Dharma Organization. And funny story, when I opened my first hotel, the name of the hotel was Dharma, and that was another reference to Lost. And uh, so, you know, it's full circle. So uh, whenever I used to go uh, to Barcelona, I always try to go there because you got some relics and you got a lot of, you know, autographs from, from uh, um, actors that played in Lost. And, um, and every time I just was trying to buy, to buy something, honestly, I, I had more. I drank a few of those. Uh, <laughs> they were good. Uh, but I, I just want to keep those. They are kind of falling apart now. They're probably ten years. But uh, yeah, I think it's a it's a pretty cool uh, it's a pretty cool souvenir. On top of that, from a from a touristic point of view, this was a it was was an area of Barcelona where you should you you usually don't go if you're a tourist. Yeah. So we're running out of time really quickly. Um, yeah. But before we wrap up, um, as a hotelier, you would have experienced some unusual incidents on property. So uh, please, we, we have this Faulty Towers um, moment in, in the series. So please share your Faulty Towers moment with us. So let me tell you the story. We, we, we were doing this uh, building, this boutique hotel. And originally this was uh, this was an uh, office. Okay, So this was not built to be, uh, to be an accommodation provider. 
And we wanted to do something cool. And we came up with the idea, well, the architect came up with the idea of uh, um, bio, uh, how do you call that? Uh, um, bio fireplaces, you know? These are like fireplaces that, uh, that, that go with gas or whatever. And so we, we had the photo shooting and, uh, and the, 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 the photograph is a close friend of mine. And, uh, and I wanted, and I, I was looking at the fire. So look, it looks cool, but I want a little more fire. And, and, I, and I asked the architect, is it fine if we put a little more fire? Yeah, yeah, sure, no problem. And so we put a little more gas and we had a little more fire. But the photographer was not convinced. And I'm like, look, I can Photoshop that, but if we can have a little more real fire, that would be great. And I asked the architect, are we good with like uh, fire safety? Everything is under control. And I said, yeah, you know, it's Italy. Yeah, more or less. And uh, said, okay, let's try. And at some point, like out of the blue, everything started to, to, to burn down. And this was one day before the opening. So what you're, what you're looking at, so first of all, you didn't know what to do. And the photographer was quick enough to go to the, to the bathroom, take a couple of, of wet towels, and we had to extinguish the fire in, in, in a way because we didn't even have fire extinguisher. You know, it's just crazy thinking about now. It's like everybody could go to jail that day. And, um, um, but the day after we had the first client coming up and we were fully booked. So, and you see from the picture, everything is black. And originally this was very light, a shade of, of wood. So the only thing I, I thought was, okay, let's go and buy some black spray paint and we black spray paint everything. So that was the best suite of the hotel. And it was fully booked for the first week. So the first week, everybody that slept in that room slept with this, you know, smell of black paint. And they never know that, uh, you know, behind that black paint, there was like, everything was, was taking fire. So, yeah, it happens. Brilliant. <laughs> True faulty <laughs> Well, Simone, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Um, and yeah. thank you once again for being on Photographs and Memories. Yeah, thank you. It was great. Thank you. Photographs and Memories, sponsored by Atomize, produced by Haynes Marcoms as a travel market life series. For more, visit travelmarket.life.